Ours is Superior is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome everybody to Our Sister Fury. This is our anniversary episode, number 50. Woohoo! I can't believe we did 50. That's... I know, my girlfriend hates me. Man, <laughs> what can you do with like 50 hours of time? I don't know. I'm not a very productive individual. You get like a certificate or do something better with your time. <laughs> Probably. Okay, so this week we got Ryan, as you already heard. Uh, it's me, your host, John, and no blogsmith this week, but uh, we hope that you'll like his replacement. Uh, I present to you none other than Nikki Patterson. How's it going, guys? Glad to be here. Oh, we're also very glad to have you. Thank you for agreeing uh, to do this. I, I don't think you even know what you got yourself into. So. I don't know. Blogsmith's big shoes to fill, you know, but I'm I know. sure it'll be all right. <laughs> he knows the team really well, so we hope you can fill his shoes. And do you know all the players' names? I know <laughs> most of them, yeah, most okay. of them. And uh, the positions they play? And... Yeah, for the most part. Okay. <laughs> all right, so let's get right into it. So we have two games to discuss this week. Um... Because we had a bye, so we were away for a while. So the first game was the the one against New York Cosmos at home. Nikki, did you watch both of these games? Yeah, I was obviously at both of the games, yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's good. <laughs> um, so yeah, Wednesday was a little bit of a snooze fest, I thought. But let's start with the lineup. Um, really? Yeah, well, we can get into the meat yeah. of things in a moment. So we had the same back four as usual. We always go through the lineup, but it's like always the same. You know, Pizer in goal, Falvey and Alvis as our center backs, Ryan Richter on the right, Mason Traffer on the left. And then we had, uh, you know, our, our midfielders were Richie Ryan, Mauro. And then we have Kyle Harworth, who's playing a lot deeper now than he used to. And we had Oliver starting as a left winger, Paulo Jr. as a right winger, and then Tommy Heineman up front. Um, Ryan, what were your thoughts of, of, of the game? Um, I thought it was a very exciting 0-0 game. Um, it was... Uh, I was nervous the whole game. Uh, the speed and the amount that New York was able to get behind our D is something I wasn't used to seeing. And, and Lucky uh, is really fast, eh? Yeah, usually, usually they're pretty much tracked really well and uh, they got in behind us a couple times a lot of chances both teams a lot of unlucky I think Howarth almost had a, a goal there and he just missed it so yeah it was a pretty exciting game I'd, for a 0-0 game and you look at the stat sheet it was nothing like I kind of disagree I thought the first half was a little bit slow like there weren't too many gen- uh, chances generated uh, Nikki how did, how did you see the first half to be honest like everybody expected I think people expected a lot of goals in this game. The game actually panned out exactly how I expected it. Because you had the two best defensive teams in the league. They, they concede essentially less than a goal a game. And and to be honest, I think they just kind of blocked each other out. Um, I mean, I think in the first half, they were a little bit better th- than us. Lucky is a, a player I know very well. I played against him for a good number of years. And he's he's probably playing the best soccer his career in New York. And... Um, what was interesting for me was was Raul wasn't in his normal sort of off the forward position and really linking things and and to be honest I think that that helped us um, and and yeah I mean I th- I, overall I think it's a good point against a good a good side uh, and as far as zero zero ties we've been involved in a couple of them this year um, it it wasn't the worst one I've ever seen but again it was like you say it was a game of very few chances and. And you could sort of tell towards the last half an hour that both teams were happy with the result because it helped both of them, right? Yeah, I mean, I think essentially both teams looked at it as a point gained rather than points dropped. You know, they, they kind of took that little step further away from everyone else. And for us, I mean, we, we're happy if New York beat everyone else um, and, and to take a point off them. Considering we haven't beaten them or, or took a point so far, it was, it was a big step for us. And uh, just to uh, talk about the, the New York game where... Um uh, the away game at the baseball stadium. Were you already injured at that point? No, I played in that game. That was a vi- on Coney Island. Yeah, that we was, were there for that. <laughs> that was an insane game. Like that. I don't know if you guys remember, there was about a 40-mile-an-hour gust of wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were so sea. cold, we were not prepared. <laughs> well, no, we, None of us had underarmers. We could, we could told it was going to be like 80 degrees. <laughs> so when we went out for the warm-up, we're like, it's freezing here, what's going on? <laughs> thought I was back home in Scotland on the coast. And... Um, 
Yeah, that was a, for us again. That was a tough first half because the, basically the wind essentially wouldn't let us get out the first half. So we played a lot better, I think, uh, on Wednesday than we did then. Yeah, uh, I think you could tell that New York respected us a lot more, which was which is huge considering considering last yeah. year. I found the last five minutes of the game, both teams took some chances, so, mm-hmm. and there's there's a couple minutes where it's just like everyone was going for it, everyone was spread out. And there was some few long balls, and it was kind of dangerous. For dangerous me, tactic by us. I for me, I think when when Uger came on, he kind of came on in that attacking midfield position, and he's been desperate to maybe. To be honest, I haven't seen a whole lot of him because I've missed a lot of practice doing rehab and stuff. But I think he came in and he was a little bit of a spark. Yeah. And uh, he had a couple of chances. One that I thought he should have scored, or he should have at least have tried to shoot, and he kind of like tried to cut back. And but I thought he gave us that little bit of posi- positiveness that we didn't have that. The, the rest of the game and and yeah I mean it was you could say I think both teams were kind of like let's see if we can win it towards yeah, the end sneak out a win at the end was... yeah that would have been nice um, so that another point you were mentioning Nicky was uh, the the way that Raul played against us so I expected him to be like the second striker but he was playing so deep like he was almost like a playmaker or, or even a, like a holding midfielder I think I know why that is because in that game on Coney Island does anybody remember the tackle that Falvey put mm-hmm. on him yeah <laughs> that was awesome I think he probably said to the coach I'm probably going to stay in midfield and let's be honest who's going to argue with Royal <laughs> yeah, that, that would explain it uh, yeah, there were two big chances by Tommy Heineman as well in that game. One where, like in the replay, it sort of looks like, I can't remember who did the cross. Maybe it was Howard. And Tommy, like he probably could have slid in, but he he yeah. uh, he kind of decided to stop the ball. And, and, then, and then he was to the back of the goal and then the chance was gone. And then there was another one where he had a header, but, you know, he, he, had, he couldn't connect with it. Uh, I think well. the first chance was much... I mean, the, the second chance, he, I think he did all he, he probably could. Yeah. The, the first one, I think if he looks back, you'll see he should have probably slid for it. I think it's one of those ones where if you hesitate for one second, the chance is gone. And yeah. Unfortunately for us, he, he didn't just go for it. Yeah. yeah. There was a good crowd for Wednesday night. It's over 6,000 too. Yeah. The second game, second of three, that was over 6,000. Yeah. Um, and the supporters section was really full. We, we tried to get a lot of people out for that match because it was against the Cosmos and, and so on. I don't so, know if you guys seen at the end of the game, Royal getting absolutely bombarded going down the tunnel. People <laughs> were jumping over. I think security's probably going to get beefed up after that because he, uh, people were just grabbing him and taking selfies. And uh, I don't think he could quite believe it. it wasn't quite like the the Bernabeu or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, like the, I don't think the security necessarily knows what they're doing at TD Place. Half of them have probably no idea who Royal was, so they're yeah. like, "Yeah, let this guy through." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, overall, you know, zero zero. That's a good result for us, considering I think we've always lost against the Cosmos in like five out of six. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, always very few goals in that game. Um, so yeah, but we'll take that. You know, I was fairly ha- happy with that result. And before we get into the next game, uh, Nikki, how is your uh, recovery going? So you came here, you don't have crutches. You walked up the stairs as if you had no injury. Are you faking the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, I'm t- today is kind of the is as yesterday was six weeks since my my surgery, um, so I mean it's been going, recovery's been going probably as well as touch wood as well as it can go. I'm probably two or three weeks ahead of schedule at, at this point in time, which shows that my thirty year old body is uh, is still working like a twenty five year old, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean at the moment I've. The, the, the first couple of weeks was obviously very difficult adding to that that I had a, a new child as well it was a it was a difficult couple of weeks after the month period things kind of started to really ramp up and I'm jogging in like the underwater treadmill in the stadium I did my first set of sort of like ladder work today on the, on the ground um, so I'm really I mean I'm pushing it I'm in there three hours a day another hour at home every night and just try to get myself back as quickly as possible this season looks like it's it's all over for me but um, for me, I just think if I can get myself, they're telling me it could be January by the time I'm the, the six months, which is the normal. If I can get myself back for December, January, then then I know I'll be in a good position coming into to pre-season. And, and who knows what the, what the future holds, but I just want to make sure I'm, I'm at 100% for that. 
So I know the Ottawa Fury they don't really discuss contract details, but you must have had that talk with the Santos. Like, is it basically like if you recover well and everything goes according to to plan, you can sort of expect to to be with the team next year, or is that sort of all unknown at this point? It's it's kind of unknown. Um, I mean, soccer, especially in North America, and it, there, there can be a lot of politics involved. I mean, myself, I, I'm no stranger. That I know how it works. I know I'm a foreigner on a, on a team and. And those spots are, are are crucial, you know. So me sitting here, I'm not helping the team in in a huge way as much as I, as I, as I would really like to. And 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 I'd like to think that I'll be back next year. I, I mean, that's what I want. That's what my family wants. Um, I feel like I've got unfinished business here. Like the spring for me was was getting better and better as it went on, and and the fall I was very excited about, especially with a new kid, and I had my my father coming to watch me play for the first time in five years that mm. he didn't get to see me play so it's been it's been a really it's, it's probably been the lowest point of, of my life a, a month or so ago and, and it's now just trying to stay positive and, and come back out the other side and I'd like to say I'll be here next year but at the same time it's going to be up to to whoever's in charge at, at the time and, and, and the decision they want to make obviously if I make a, a full recovery and a quicker recovery that may that may have have, a, have an impact on that decision uh, but to be honest with you I don't really know okay well we certainly hope that you'll be back and uh, you know good luck with your recovery we'll, we'll uh, hope that it goes well thank you um, so let's go uh, back to um, how the Fury did against the Tampa Bay Rowdies um, the most exciting thing for me um, uh, in the lineup here was that uh, Turkish German uh, Al Bayarak <laughs> <laughs> his name is so difficult to pronounce. We just call him Alba. Alba? So okay, okay we'll now Ronnie's Alba on the show. Kind of like Ubi. <laughs> yeah, Ubi to Ubi and Alba's Alba. Uba to Alba to, Al to Ubi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. So he got the start, but it didn't go so well for him. He, I think he, um, he, he um, what's that called? Pulled a hamstring. Too. Yeah. A hamstring, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it was done for him after, I don't know, 15 minutes or something, 17 minutes. So we didn't see too much of him. Although he, he did have one nice scene, I remember. At the beginning, where uh, kind of not made the defender and kind of went through, and, and then he tried to assist it to Heinemann or something. Yeah, I thought again he was going to pull the trigger and try and shoot, but maybe he he was feeling something, but he kind of tried to slip the ball across. But yeah, again he he showed a nice spark. And then um, for the rest of the lineup, it was pretty much the same, um, except that Paulo Junior he switched from the right to the left. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although they, later on, I think he switched from the left to the right again when Oliver came on because yeah. when he scored, when Paulo Junior scored his goal, that came right. from the right, mm -hmm. and that's the first goal for the Fury. Yeah, I mean that surprises me. I mean Paulo's a guy I seen in preseason. I thought was going to have a massive, massive impact on this team, and and I think he's done an absolutely unbelievable job defensively. Whenever side he's played on, I mean I think the most part he's been on the left with Mason and. I think Mason will tell you he does a he does a shift coming back the way, um, and I think obviously the style we play, especially in the spring where we were maybe a little bit deeper, concentrating on the defensive side of things, it, it took away from maybe the, the type of player he is. But I think that goal could could lead to good things, and and I'm expecting a, a bunch of goals coming down the stretch from him. Yeah, it's good to see him finally score. He he works so hard, and he's he's been so unlucky in that like final touch so often. So mm -hmm. that was good. Uh, and then the 2-0 came um, from Oliver and it was actually kind of funny because we were just singing happy birthday in the supporters section because one of our supporters, it was his birthday, but it was also Oliver's birthday oh, okay. and he scored right while yeah. we were doing that. In the 30th minute there. So yeah. You're going to have to keep track of everyone's birthdays from now on. <laughs> yeah, there's <laughs> something weird going on there with that. But again, it was good for Ollie as well. I mean, the two guys you would want to score in that squad were the two guys that scored. Ollie's been... Apart from me, probably the most unlucky guy with injuries, and I've had maybe a bad injury that's kept me out for six months. But all he's had seven or eight injuries. He's had his teeth knocked out. I mean, I feel so yeah. bad for this kid. He's been he's, strangled in an airplane. I mean, he he could write a book in his his two years in Ottawa. Yeah. And it was really good to see him score. And they say the city's boring. Nothing ever happens. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice flick uh, flick on by Howarth as well on, on that goal and a really cool finish by Oliver who just sort of placed it against uh, the way that the keeper was going. Yeah, I don't think Carl's going to get credited with the, the assist but it was definitely a little touch there yeah. you could see in the replay. and yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was good play by Tommy also to, to make the chance happen. And another great game by Pizer who just keeps us in the game over and over again. Like He just makes so many crucial saves. 
I mean, honestly, he's he's something else, Pizer. I mean, he's he's an amazing guy in the locker room. Um, I mean, the, is he like super serious? Like, I, I would imagine. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he you can have his fun times like anyone else, but from an hour before the game to an hour after, you just may as well stay away from him. <laughs> okay. Um, he's a keeper. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but keeper. what I like about Pizer, he's got that European mentality that me and him could shout at each other for ninety minutes and then we're friends after the game. You know, okay. it's not always like that with a lot of guys, but. Paisa's a, a phenomenal guy. He's all about winning or, or definitely not losing. He hates conceding goals, and as you can see, and he made a couple of big, big saves in this game. Yeah, um, I think the thing about Paiser, there's been a lot of talk uh, recently in the French press that he could win the league MVP. And I think he's a consideration. I know you mentioned Lucky earlier, and I think he's another consideration. Um, I mean, I let's Omar. be honest, though. If, if you look at Lucky and you look at Paiser, I mean... You're expecting Lucky to do well. He's playing essentially for the team with the biggest budget with guys like Raul creating chances for him. I mean, you could fling almost anyone up front for New York and they'd score a few goals, yeah. I think. Um, but for me, Paiser would be would be a great choice. Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think the only other person in the conversation right now is Omar Cummings, who we're going to see this week. He scored, scored a couple, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the first goal that Tampa scored was a really weird one. Like... Was that from a free kick or from a corner or something? Uh, it looked like a mistake to me. <laughs> it was it, a ball. It was like a cleared corner and then back in again. I think something like that. And but it sort of bounced. Well, the, the guy was on the ground and he stood up and it went off his head. <laughs> yeah. What well, was weird? I mean, it's always annoying when you score, especially make a game two 0 when realistically the game should be over. Yeah. And the, the the team came straight back into it and then the two three minutes later. Yeah, I mean, it's, it was a horrible time to give up give up a goal and. And like you said, it was kind of that scrap. It was a free kick, actually, from like an out wide because the guy's cross wasn't the best cross in the world and it kind of deflect, deflect. But yeah, it was, it was kind of upsetting for us to give away two goals on, on set pieces because we've handled them very well this year. And yeah, it's never good to concede a goal kind of late on. But I thought Tampa Bay, to be honest, was probably the better team in the second half. And um, we, we just never seemed to, to play our usual, our usual game. I don't know if it was maybe fatigue or, or what, but... So after we yeah. scored the 2-0, I thought we are going to destroy Tampa. Like, I thought yeah. this was going to go completely our way. And then when they scored, the momentum sort of shifted. But I, I have to say I was a little frustrated and slightly annoyed that I felt like Tam uh, sorry, that Ottawa Fury tried to protect the lead. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were like, all right, we're still winning. We're just going to grind out the win. And I, f I feel like if Ottawa Fury would have kept on doing what they were doing in the first half with some relief up front, mm -hmm. it would have been better. You know, because the last half an hour or so, we were always in our own half with yeah. nothing going forward. I think, I mean, I thought Tommy had a, had, a, had a pretty good game for us. He didn't score, yeah. but he, again, he just pounds away at the centre-backs and doesn't give them a minute's peace. And, and he was totally destroyed at the end of the game. Can, yeah, you can see that he's going to be exhausted and, and, and probably had to come off, but I felt like we weren't quite the same team when, when he went off. And and, and then, yeah, we, we seemed to just get further and further and further back. And Okay, the last five minutes sometimes, if you're winning, fair enough, shut up, shut up. And when I look at our back four, I think usually we can withstand anything, especially Paisa there and, and Richie Maro in front of them. And, but you could kind of see a goal kind of coming. I don't know if how you guys felt, but yeah, I was definitely. in the stands. <laughs> yeah. I, was yeah. I was sitting next to Wiedemann and the two of us were just like, "This doesn't look good here. Like something bad's going to happen." Something, and it's 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 crazy. Sometimes you can you can see, but Tampa's a team that's bottom of the table and in, in the in the fall, fighting for their lives to hang on to that playoff spot and really going through a rough time. We are a very good team, and and it, they were just they had nothing to lose, so they were flinging everything forward. And I think in the end, a tie. Is another point for us, and we didn't lose any, essentially any ground, and, and I think we probably wouldn't have taken it at the end of the game, but overall it's probably fair. Yeah, I agree. So no Freddie do again. Yeah. Is he injured? Or I think they're just it? keeping him for the playoffs, you know. <laughs> <laughs> just like Fort Lauderdale's maybe keeping Ronaldo. Maybe nobody'll see. <laughs> Was he on the bench or even? No, I don't think he traveled. But yeah. what's interesting is he was brought in by their old coach, yeah. who is now gone. And yeah. That's another interesting one, because I thought we had Tampa at a very bad time, because usually when you fire a coach, yeah. you get that reaction <laughs> from, from the yeah. team. We said that last, last week. Part, yeah. Sometimes a few guys play that didn't play normally, and, and all of a sudden you get a new, a whole new, a whole new team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I still don't think they were firing on all cylinders either. 
But I mean, it's a team that, that I would be quite happy to get from playoffs. But that's a strange decision to fire Ronka, no? Like, he seems like such a good coach. And, like, the, the owner's like, oh, wow, we've got to win the championship. You know, it seems like it, like an owner doing so something that he doesn't know what he's doing. I, I guess I guess the, the, the coach <laughs> said he had a five-year plan. And he the owner decided he had a one-year plan. <laughs> yeah. And if you're, a, if you're a, a player, do you want to wait around five years to win a, a championship? Or do you want to win one that year? So you can understand yeah. it from a whole bunch of different views. And if this guy's spending all the money, I guess he gets to call the shots. So... I think the less I say about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, uh, at this point, it might be a good time to take a break. Um, after that, we'll discuss some Otter Fury and news and um, talk about the other stuff that went on in the NASL. You're listening to the Hours of Fury podcast. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Welcome back, guys. So let's do some Ottawa Fury news. Um, the biggest news for sure uh, last week uh, was that Phil Davies retired. So Phil Davies was a player that was very versatile for us. He played basically in every position except goalkeeper and maybe center back for us last year and forward. Um, and then he had an injury in the preseason where, uh, what was it, he broke his elbow or something? Or his he arm? kind of broke his arm, wrists, bad way. Yeah, like three breaks in his arm, I think. Down in New York, a pre exhibition game, preseason yeah. game. Yeah, and then he, he announces retirement because he's gonna go and in, into coaching at. Uh, uh, <laughs> my French is horrible. <laughs> Association Regionale de Soccer de la Rive Sud. <laughs> yeah, South River. Um, it's actually. Yeah, then I could have said it. <laughs> it's actually the program that he uh, came up with. Like it's where he started, and he's going back home. Um, be with his family during an important time. So we just wish him the best of luck. And uh, he was always like a, a fan favorite as far as like, especially people who follow the Canadian national team and the youth players with the national team. And Yeah, he had some yeah. caps on the U20 level and, you know, we always root for the Canadians. There aren't that many that are good at soccer. So. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did this come to a surprise to you or were you guys sort of in the know that this might be coming? Or I mean, I sat kind of right next to him in the locker room. I'm pretty close to Phil. He's a, he's a great guy. Um, great teammate and it's, I, I, he was coaching for this organisation in the off season mm -hmm. and then when the, the job kind of came up and then he, he kind of he went for it they pretty much were like why are you kind of going for this we would love to have you and like you said it's, there's, there's some things going on that, that kind of kind of probably made his decision a, a whole lot easier mm -hmm. um, because he's a young guy a young guy to retire but I think for him it just felt like the right thing to do overall family decision kind of as well and and I wish him all the best and I'm sure he'll be a, a great coach for sure yeah we'll follow um, what he's going to do as we do with uh, all our former Fury players so best of luck to you um, the second thing that came out th this week was that uh, Julian de Guzman was uh, announced to be joining the World Cup qualification squad for Canada against Belize we don't really expect him to play though, I don't right? expect him to play yeah. uh, I think like, the is going to be pissed if he plays no? <laughs> I'll be, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's been injured for, what, three, four weeks. I've been doing a lot of the rehab with him, so, I mean, I've missed him this week because I've been kind of on my own a little bit. But yeah. uh, I think he's I think he's more there for the experience to, to, to help some of the younger guys. And he's the captain of the team, you know what I mean? He's, he's kind of the all-time all record holder almost, so he's... Three games away or something, yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not sure if he's going to play, but he was nearing full fitness when he left. And I think that's the, the most important thing that, that he's... He's still going to be training, a high level of training, maybe a couple of two days and maybe some warm weather training can, can help him. And yeah. yeah, hopefully he comes back 100% and ready to go. Yeah, apparently he's, he's two caps away from being a tied all-time record holder for the Canadian national team. Just Paul Stelteri is still ahead of him. A legend. Yeah. yeah. But, um, Bundesliga uh, legend as well. Yes, and La Liga. Uh, as I'm kind of hoping that he doesn't play, selfish Ottawa Fury fan <laughs> reasons. Um, but maybe he do you think he'd be full fitness for the Belize game? Do you think that's realistic? No, no, I mean, Nicky just basically gave the reasons you know, yeah. have him in there because he's the captain, and yeah, but maybe give him a run out if we're a few goals up and on, on the home and home with Belize. But they, they've done maybe it before, him on for the last minute or something, yeah. you know, just to get a cap or something. They've done it, they've done it before, they did it with Dero before, so yeah, 
It's an interesting one. I mean, if, if he plays and he got injured, I'm sure the Fury would be upset and I'm sure he would be upset. And I think he's, like we said, he's a very experienced guy. I don't think he'll play if he's not right. And that's the most important thing. And yeah, we honestly don't need him against Belize. Like, that's a team we can beat without. Well, it's Canada, <laughs> so you never know. There's no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're from Scotland. <laughs> yeah, we're not much better. You're playing Germany, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think in the national team. Break. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Should be an easy one for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Americans did a good job on that chance. Yeah, uh, only in friendlies. <laughs> anyway, back to the NASL stuff. Um, oh, what I was gonna mention to you was uh, the player that's currently playing in the Julian de Guzman position. Um, well, or a little to the right of him, uh, Maru. Uh, Stakio. Yeah. Um, what a great development he's had, eh? Ever since. Uh, he joined the Fury, it's just going up, up, up. Yeah, I mean, I think last year he would admit himself, he didn't get a whole lot of minutes and a whole lot of playing time. And and I think it was just more like the inconsistencies of, of being a pro every single day. And, um, I think he's definitely learned that environment very quickly. He, he's a kid that works, works very, very hard. And, and he's got some experience, he has played a little bit in kind of Portugal as, he, as he's grown up. And I think this year's been he's more of a breakout, more of a breakout year for him. Um, I mean, he's when he simplifies his game Maro he's a, he's, he can be a phenomenal player and a huge asset and him and Richie in there you know it's going to be pretty tough to, to get through them and so far so good and he's going forward a lot more I've noticed Except yeah I think he's I think he built his confidence a little bit up in that indie game where he, he got the goal a bit of a shorter field and he, he managed to, to bag a goal and sometimes that can be huge for a guy's confidence it's a little bit harder in, in a TD place to go box to box uh, we were laughing about that actually just today, myself and him. And, um, but he's looking just forward to... Just because the field's so big? The field's a bit bigger, you know, and it's, yeah. it's harder to continuously do the box-to-box runs. And, but, I mean, he's very good at sticking to the game plan. Maro, of course, tells him to stay at home, he stays at home. And in and, and San Antonio, it's going to be, again, a little bit of a shorter field. Maybe he gets forward a little bit more. So, uh, do the football lines ever bother you on the field? Like, Do they ever distract you? Or? Distract me not so much, but... It, I just don't like them. Yeah. Just looking at them, you get annoyed. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think anybody wants to play on, on football lines. To be to be honest, football players probably don't like the soccer lines being there. Also, you yeah. know, but it's it's not ideal. But it but it is what it is. Yeah, we noticed the play in the last game where the Tampa player gave up on the ball because he thought it was going out, <laughs> but it was going across the football line, not the soccer line. That's an advantage to us, so we may as well keep the lines. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then we also had the academy games. Uh, I didn't make it out to this one, but Blogsmith went, and Ryan, you went as well. Yeah. Right? Oh, there was a bunch. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of people from uh, the supporters groups there. It was kind of nice. And hope hopefully you'll see more of that. But um, yeah, once again, uh, so Blainville came into town, and they're a really good club. And once again, the players, thirty plus years old, playing our kids, and uh, they they went up three nil. Uh, but I, I thought our team had a lot of fight. And interestingly, the academy is struggling with a lot of uh, injuries. So they've been starting to pull players up from the juniors, the academy uh-huh. juniors, yeah, to the academy in. They're, they're doing pretty good, though. Um, they're still bottom of the table there, and they've had three wins, ten losses. So, um, But I think they're developing well. Like From the start of the season to now, you can see the growth in the players. So I don't know what league they're going to play in next year, if they're going to continue in PLSQ, but... Like it's really doing them a world of good. Like, I think it's 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 good them getting the experience to play against those older men like guys, mm-hmm. you know. But it's it sometimes it can be a little unfair also, oh, you know. Yeah. So it's it looks unfair sometimes. Like I think <laughs> I think playing up a year or two is completely fine. I think that's great for players' development. When you've got guys that are double the size of you, and it becomes Triple a lot a lot more difficult. But the fact that these kids are in almost every game. I know Darko's pretty proud of, of how they've been how they've been working and there's a bunch of them that have come up and trained with us and and yeah, you can see there is obviously that, that step away, but it's 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 closing the gap. I don't think Fury never had a professional team up till a few years ago, so you you've got to do things in, in stages and and yeah, I think they're doing a good job of, of trying to get some, some players through. And uh, for the fans, it's good to know that these games are free. Mm-hmm. So the the next games are I think away games, right? Yeah, the next one's away, so they're going, they're going out to play Mount Royal, out in Montreal, downtown Montreal. That game's at six thirty, September thirteenth. Okay, and then the next home game is when? 
September 19th, so it's a ways away, and they're playing Lakeshore. So it's a team that we actually can compete with. And uh, well, last time we beat them, but we had ha half the first team on the on the second team. Is that where Mayard is playing Lakeshore? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. But yeah, so. And the game that we're really excited about, a lot of people should also come out, is uh, they're playing in Gatineau, October 3rd. So it's the big derby, hopefully. And uh, it's a team that we, we've competed with before, so, and we actually got one of our wins off it. So It's pretty right. interesting. There's, there's players doing really well. Uh, have you seen Dagnogo play? Yeah, he's, he's played. He's probably trained with us more than any other player in the academy. Um, bags of ability pretty quick player I think it's been good for him coming to play with us and getting roughed up a little bit because I think he thought the game was really easy and when he first came <laughs> up with us and after one day of going up against Ryan Richter I think he didn't want to come back <laughs> uh, but when you've got guys like Richter and Falvey and Rafa kicking him all the time he's, he's learned yeah. that he has to, to either play through it or he won't make it you know. Mm -hmm. and I think it's been good for him uh, and I think over the next few years, hopefully, he, he can make the jump. So another player that uh, we're excited about is uh, that kid, uh, what's his first name? Schroeder? Schroeder, yeah. Schroeder is his last name, the forward. Mm -hmm. What do you think of him? Like, similar, very similar. He's, uh, again, a player I would like, like to, excited to see his development. Um, practiced a little bit and looks, looks decent. Maybe not the biggest player in the world, but not too bad. Yeah, he played in the game against the Rangers, right? So, yeah, 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 he played that game from the start. Um, oh yeah, we have no listener questions this week because we had a bye week and then you know we totally lost our routine and forgot to ask a question. <laughs> it's really because Tim's at the cottage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come back, Tim. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but if you want to ask us a question, you can do that uh, on Twitter where we are at OIT Fury or we have a Facebook group, our sister Fury on Facebook. Which I joined this week. Yeah, I saw we finally got a new like. <laughs> Yay! And we also have an email address, which is ours is the Fury Podcast at gmail.com. So let's see uh, what else happened in the NASL. I gotta be honest, I didn't watch any other games this week. I didn't have the time, I was really busy. Um, the biggest upset, or not upset, but well, we <laughs> knew that for a lot of those strikers were gonna win this, but a 7 1 for the strikers against Indy. Ouch. <laughs> when, when somebody wins 7-1 or loses 7-1 there's always oh, something really bad happening somewhere yeah. um, Fort Lauderdale is a team I think that has really turned things around I know I know the, the old GM of the, of the team Amari Nunes who just kind of stepped down um, to focus on his, his agency or, or what not but I mean they, they've been very good I mean that's obviously been amazing for their goal difference um, winning the 7-1 and, and the guy Pino for them seems to have he scored like 12 goals in, in 9 games or something so they obviously have a very dangerous dangerous forward and we have them at home in a, in a couple of weeks so it'll be interesting to see how, the, how they are by then yeah. for sure is there any players in the league like there's players that the supporters really don't like and one of them plays on Fort Lauderdale is there any players that really get under the skin of teams? Not individual personal stuff, but like just under the skin of teams because of their talent or their their ability to get under the skin? Um, I mean, there's always guys on certain teams you have you have battles with. Like if you ask Ryan Richter, who don't you like in the league, he'll say Lance Lang because he comes up against them and yeah, he, he's so playing fast. against them or whatever. Or for me, I can't really single out any any one player there's a couple of guys on New York that I think kind of love themselves a little bit and, <laughs> and you know I mean you usually find that the teams that, that are usually doing well there's always a couple of kind of smug characters on, on the team but yeah. for the most part I think it's it's quite a humble league because anybody can beat anybody yeah. by any scoreline in any, any given week and one minute four Lauderdale one seven one, but they'll get beat 3 or 4 now in a couple of weeks so you never know you never know. So if you had to say, like, who is the biggest rival of the Ottawa Fury? Which team? Yeah, so we, we have our opinions that probably differ than, um, than from the media. So. I think Minnesota's becoming a rock and filling, to be <laughs> yeah. honest, because I think we had their number earlier on in the season. They weren't happy about it. They've scored that late goal against us and celebrated in front of the fans, which none of us took too kindly to. And 
I think that could be I think that could be the biggest one for us this year. I mean Edmonton always is a is a battle. But to be honest that battle kinda of bores me now, you know. I mean I think <laughs> Same we just with need, I think we just need to kinda of start playing soccer against them and we'll beat them. And how can you not like the Cosmos? Like they've got yeah. a couple of couple of good players, but Oh not like them. I was like to Matt dislike. Them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Yeah, I'd probably say Minnesota's the biggest rival would be a, a good rival for us right now and I think it will come down to both of us for, for one of the spots So, I think the best soccer is always against Minnesota mm-hmm. been a couple of good games against Minnesota for sure this year so let's quickly run through the rest of the NASL games uh, FC Edmonton lost uh, away to Atlanta that was a crucial game for them they lost 1-0 that kind of puts them out of the playoffs for now um then Jacksonville, San Antonio was 0-0. We just met each other, I think, the week oh, yeah. before. Yeah, yeah home and home. Um, and then New York Cosmos, Carolina, 3-2. It's a crazy game. <laughs> Penalties. And everyone's talking about the 7-1 game, but this Cosmos-Carolina uh, game. Uh, Carolina took control for a while, and they really gave it to the Cosmos, and everyone was stunned. And then uh, Raul missed a penalty. And I th- and then I think Lucky got the second penalty. So yeah, Lucky scored the winning goal. Yeah, right? Lucky scored the winner. So for me, if I had to watch one of those games back, even though for Lauderdale one seven one, I'd probably still watch the New York Carolina game, um, which was the only game not available on the NASL site. Yeah, I was I was following <laughs> it on uh, on Twitter and live score the results coming through, and I seen Carolina winning, and I thought, well, a tie is probably a great result here for us. So let it be a tie, and then I seen it two two, and I thought perfect, and then I seen a red card, and thought this is going to go three two, and that's what happened. So, so the guys really, uh, really score watch, the guys on the team. Yeah, I mean, for me right now, I'm not playing, so I, I mean, I watch every Saturdays. My wife just doesn't even really talk to me anymore. So, <laughs> like uh, you wake up in the morning and you watch like Scottish uh, yeah, Premier I mean, League and Championship or whatever? I'm a huge Celtic fan so usually yeah. Celtic games are like 7.30 in the morning so I'm like I'll take the first feed come on little man and <laughs> fling his Celtic jersey on and off we go. And uh, But yeah I watch I mean I can watch any EPL game I watch German German football I watch Spanish football I mean I can watch anything and after three or four games usually uh, I get dragged off to the shops or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, when the results are going through, especially since I've been watching recently, I've been kind of keeping track of all the scores a lot. So uh, in terms of the combined table, Newark Cosmos pretty much have that lockdown. We're seven points away from them. With how many games do we have to go? Maybe seven or something? Ten. Is it ten games? We have three home games, seven, seven away games. Wow. And Edmonton's <laughs> one of them. Mm-hmm. Home games. We have, a real, we, have a real tough, we have a tough month this month obviously we go away to San Antonio who are still fighting then we come back at home to Fort Lauderdale and then we have the three game stretch where we play uh, Tampa we play Fort Lauderdale away I think the following week after we play them at home I think we play Fort, so we play San Antonio away Fort Lauderdale home then Fort Lauderdale away then that week it's like Fort Lauderdale New York Tampa so that's going to be a really really tough really tough week for us for sure so currently we're still first of the fall table so hopefully uh, by the end of that stretch we'll, we'll still be first <laughs> or at least in uh, postseason uh, in a postseason playoff position uh, yeah thank you Nikki he's just showing me the table here um, all right so what other news do we have from the league um, Oh yeah, we we did mention that Thomas. Did we mention this on the podcast or off air? The Thomas Ronkin. Uh, Thomas Ronkin, yeah. He, no, I think it might have been off air, but yeah. Uh, surprise. So a lot of lot of surprise and a lot of a lot of upset fans in Tampa too. Um, yeah, some some journalist was saying that Thomas Ronkin is, is one of those individuals that like the media and the fans love, but maybe the team doesn't love him as much. Right. So you you never really know what's going inside. No, I think I think the one thing I read the owner wasn't really happy because he never knew what team was going to be on the field each week. It was one, five or six changes every week, and I think maybe the the coach was trying to find his best system, and the results kind of aren't going your way. And it's it, it's unfortunately a sport where you don't you don't always have the time to 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 succeed. You need they need wins right away. Some owners can be very pushy in that respect, and and yeah, I mean I've heard a lot of good things about Thomas Strongin. I I don't really know him on a personal level and. Him well, yeah, and they invested a lot of money this year too. Tampa Bay and uh, the fall season 
they're not getting the results. So yeah, so they announced Stuart Campbell as their new coach, and I guess his first game was against the Fury, right? So two-two mm -hmm. is not a bad result yeah. for them to start. Yeah, and it is the Campbell that used to play for the Rovers. If you're a big follower of uh, lower division English <laughs> football, I am for Which the Canadian. Tim players. would know this. <laughs> Well, I currently follow Sheffield United <laughs> because of David Edgar and uh, uh, who else do I follow? The, uh, the crew because of uh, Marcus Haber. Yeah, we follow all the Canadians. Yeah, I, I do the Canucks abroad okay. stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and some other big news is uh, there was a New York Times article actually. It was uh, about the Railhawks. Uh, their supporters groups were protesting their ownership, which is kind of touchy thing right now, but... Uh, they're the last team that has traffic involved, right, in the league. And traffic are the groups that started the league. So that's interesting. I just suggest you go read the article, not done a comment too much on that. And uh, new club, Puerto Rico, announced a new coach, Adrian Whitbread. Am I saying that right, John? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if he was... Uh, I looked him up today just to see, and he was the old coach of the Puerto Rico Islanders that took him to Champions League a couple times. So maybe something... I think that's a more significant coaching announcement than F, F, Miami FC's announcement of Nesta as the coach. Because Nesta has no coaching experience and no experience with the NASL. And this guy has tons of Division II experience and in Puerto Rico. But weren't you saying that friend of the show, Yankee Yank, that we met during the Women's World Cup on his show, he was basically saying that that the that Puerto Rico Islanders are doomed. Yeah, he was saying the club. He thinks they're doomed from like a off-field perspective. Like okay. the, they won't get the fan support they're expecting, and and all this, and it's still a baseball country and stuff like that. But yeah, he was on a Ultras Alive podcast. If he, it doesn't work with Camilo Anthony taking over, I mean, it's probably never going to work. So it'd be interesting to see how that one works out. Yeah, it's. And we remember the old Puerto Rico Islanders, like they used to come play the Impact all the time, and I used to see them play the Whitecaps all the time, and they were a pain in the ass. Like that, that team, they did anything to win, and they fought and fought and fought. So, they had some good players as well, though. They really did. And Colin Clark used to be the coach out there and did a real good job with them. But yeah, they were always a tough team to, to go and play. And then uh, there was another, another weird rumor, as we have a lot of an NASL because. You know, there isn't a lot written about the NASL, but when there is, the sources are like all over the place, like mm -hmm. soccer forums, like big soccer and so on. And there, something came up about Rio Vallecano, which is a La Liga, Liga team wanting to buy the rights for OKC and maybe bringing them to the NASL or maybe to MLS. Or well, there there was official announcement in Spanish papers, and and they said the team was going to stay in Oklahoma City, so. It's weird that they bought a team that doesn't exist yet. So I don't know how much truth there is to like, the whole thing. And a lot of it was like Google Translate work. See, I think that was a, that was a weird one because everybody thought there was going to be a team in, in Oklahoma. And then all of a sudden, the one of the owners changed and went to, to the other team in the USL team. Who I've got a couple of friends playing on, on that team. And they're just building a new stadium and stuff themselves. So. And they get good support. They're averaging over 6,000 fans. Yeah, and they're, they're pushing for a for the top spot in the, in the table this year so yeah that's going to be that's an interesting one yeah I don't know much about that be interesting I think North America eventually like right now it's a little early but eventually you can have two clubs in the city two clubs in Atlanta two clubs in Miami mm -hmm. other rumors are four clubs in LA which yeah but that that literally comes from big soccer forum yeah <laughs> that rumor so let's not get into that but that would be nice if, if they you know the sign that they had three West Coast clubs at once or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, the Railhawks uh, announced a new signing from Brazil, Gabriel Vitorio da Silva. He used to play for Santos FC, but he plays he played most of his career in the Czech Republic and Slovakia. Yeah, he's been bouncing around quite a bit. Um, I don't know, how do players in, in Europe look at the NASL right now? Like when you hear from friends back home and... Like, what do they know about it? To be honest, it's, it's not changed a whole lot since I've been in, in, in the States. In the, in the eight, nine years since, since I first came over, when I, when I go home, people will say, if I know them well, they'll be like, oh, you played against Raul and stuff like that, that's cool. And then other people will be like, oh, where is it you play? Or like, what teams do you play against? And they'll be like, oh, Tampa. And this, and they'll be like, oh, 
that's oh, you're living the dream. They think it's, oh, but they more they're more about cities and stuff like that as opposed to, oh, you playing the NESL. I don't think they really understand the whole MLS, NESL, USL. I don't think a lot of North American people understand that whole. I don't whole think thing. even people in the know understand. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's so exactly. convoluted. I mean, it's easy for me to just say to my friends I play in the second division. Like, but there's no relegation and they go that's weird <laughs> yeah. I tell them there's an expansion fee and they go oh okay that makes sense <laughs> but I mean I think I think the more people that start to watch games and see the, the kind of calibre of players that are playing in this league I think guys like Raul obviously really really help and I think playing games like when we played against Rangers a bunch of my friends from home were like oh you guys are actually a decent team yeah. you know so I think it's I think it's it's the perfect example for all when people know more about it then they understand more I, th- I find that when uh, people see the, I have a, f- a good friend from Colombia and he, he's, his first game was the New York Cosmos game and he's, he's been living here for years mm-hmm. and he's a big football fan but he just never knew about the team and finally dragged him out to a game and he was just like this is really good football yeah. and it's like yeah it's like, but people have to like see it for it I think that's it if we can get the word out there a little bit more then, and get some more people out there I mean I think they'll stay good and what else did we have for news I guess Bill Peterson was in town and he gave an awkward interview I thought where they asked him about uh, Hamilton or Winnipeg and he's like eh, no more Canadian expansion he kind of gave some stuff away I thought but. yeah a lot of people interpret that to mean that the Canadian uh, first division league is coming or division 1A or whatever we want to call it this, the C league have you heard any uh, birds chirping <laughs> about this? I'm, I'm looking straight out of his eyes right now. <laughs> like, for example, I was talking to Julian de Guzman last week and we, we kind of talked about the possibility of some other teams maybe coming up. And, and we definitely think that, he even thinks that there's cities that could withstand it. There, mm. there, there's, there's soccer communities, the, the, the places you've just mentioned, that they, they could have a team in an NASL probably no problem and be followed again with four, five, six thousand, thousand teams. But... Maybe, I mean, I haven't really heard much about the C League, but wouldn't be a bad thing to maybe have that go for for maybe one year and that kind of be like the American USL, you know, and once that establishes itself, it can maybe push clubs through. Uh, I'm not too sure. I mean, Bill Peterson is very, he, I don't want to say bad, obviously, but he's he's a guy that kind of, I think he knows what he wants. Uh, and there's maybe cities that he's really looking at. And I mean, he says there's going to be expansion coming, so yeah. he must know where they're coming from. Yeah, their expansion rumors are they're out of hand. Like <laughs> today, there was four cities mentioned, and, and then even when NASL announces an expansion, they can totally drop that news and not mention anything about it. Like they or they'll have a, like Bill Peterson will have an interview with the Telegraph and be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, OKC and Virginia, we're no longer pursuing them," but not having said anything officially. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. but that's that's the press too. They can sometimes publish stuff that they weren't supposed to yeah but, yeah it, it's interesting it'd be nice to see some teams on the west coast and uh if you probably anyone who listens to this podcast probably read the same stuff we did today so it'll be interesting it'd be, it'd be a nice trip out to san francisco for sure yeah. uh i think we had a tiny bit more news with miami nesta is announced as the head coach but i think we already knew that yeah and something we were talking about before the podcast was uh the guy putting together everything, if, if you notice the marketing for Miami FC, it's been like amazing. Like their logo looks great, like everything they do looks beautiful. It's the same guy who launched TFC in 2006. He got the whole ball rolling with TFC. See, I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of people didn't like the logo when it first came out. Like, I like it personally. I mean, I, I don't think it's bad at all. I mean, I think it's Miami, you know, it's, it's, it's a completely different city out there in the world I think you can't just do a very generic thing with Miami but I mean you can't argue with who owns the club and you can't argue with who they've picked as, as a head coach they've went for big names and that's obviously to, to bring in big players and it's be exciting to see what sort of team they put together and they got the connections too uh, they announced last night that they're going to Colombia Argentina and Mexico to talk to Division 1 players in those countries so I expect them to be kind of like a Cosmos style club or maybe mm-hmm. even bigger on like on payroll i know that sounds crazy but the, the money that's behind this club is 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 there yeah i'm always skeptical of of new franchises i've been involved in a few and uh i think the fury have done the right thing in, in the sense that they've started small and building but at the same time it's 
at the same time you kind of like to see the teams that kind of go out and, and, and bring in the big players because they want to compete right away also yeah. but you, the last thing you want is them to spend the money it doesn't work and then we fold in a year or two you know so hopefully it's a, it's a team that's going to be around for a while and you want to get the right players like if you look at NYCFC right now and what they're going through I thought it was strange with, with, players. with Miami because obviously Beckham really looked like he was going to be bringing an MLS franchise there and it, then it kind of fell apart and all of a sudden a new team came <laughs> I, I wonder what Beckham thinks right now where he's thinking about well, apparently the ball's rolling on that franchise as well uh, but I don't know we had some theories about what's happening in Miami see my, my, but my theory was when that when the when the second team in LA kind of folded and the league took it up I thought well he loves LA he stays in LA most of the time why not just take that team but maybe there's more franchise costs there maybe he doesn't want to compete against the Galaxy after playing there but I, th I thought that would be a perfect fit yeah it'll be interesting and there's a lot of teams in Florida, and a few years ago there was three teams in Florida, and now there's like seven. So <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Almost. Yeah. And then in the USL, they're going in every city in North America. Just have so. a Florida league. Yeah, that's what we always joke. <laughs> yeah, have a Florida division, have a Canada division, and the rest. Well, it's good for preseason because they can all play against each other with very little travel, and it's good weather. Whereas for us, we don't have that many teams close by. No, yeah. it'd be great to do a Florida yeah, trip. Yeah, you guys always <laughs> end up playing Syracuse and Rochester Rhinos. Yeah. Oh, we went to that Rochester Rhinos game last In year. Rochester, yeah. Snooze fest. Yeah, and then the, the one of the former players threw a punch. <laughs> yeah. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> he became a favorite by a few of us that went down. <laughs> We had nicknames and everything, but yeah. Uh, so let's take a break, then we'll do a short preview uh, for the San Antonio game, and um, we'll probably have a few more questions uh, for Nicky. We'll see what he says. You're listening to Ours is the Fury, your number one source for all things Ottawa Fury FC. Welcome back, guys, uh, for the final segment of our beautiful podcast. Um, so before we go into the preview of the San Antonio game, I figured let's uh, ask Nikki Patterson a few uh, more supporter-related questions. So first of all, do you think it, make a, it makes a difference to have a bunch of supporters there? Like, Can you actually hear us? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, you can tell when Capo's not there, mm -hmm. keeping things going, that's for sure. But no, I like the, the supporters. I mean, it's like a proud thing. For, for the players to look over there and, and see that's why I ran over there one time when I scored to kind of try and give something back because you guys go out there and buy all those $10 beers and you know what I mean and, <laughs> and, and, shout, and shout on us the whole time and it's it's great to give you guys something back and let's be honest like you know that uh, hey Nikki you're so fine blah 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 chant what do you think of that you hate it because uh, we always think that you probably really really hate that chant <laughs> like ah uh, it actually happened the very first appearance we did when the team got announced we were in like a school last year and a bunch of little like girls sang it yeah and i thought i hope that doesn't stick <laughs> <laughs> and then i come over to take a corner one time in the in the spring and it started and i thought it's kind of cool having your own song but it's kind of not the best song in the world <laughs> well better than our song <laughs> well no li listen that's you guys are singing a song for me i was delighted that's for sure Colin had his own supporters group, right? Like Felby's Army? Yeah, I mean, obviously me and Felby were very close in, in Charleston and it, we, we kind of got close to a real bunch of, of European guys through, like one of the club sponsors was an Irish bar, which we went to occasionally for a bite to, a bite to eat and a several pints. Um, <laughs> and we, we met a bunch of people there and, and they started coming out to the game and Falvey obviously was our, was our captain and the guy that owned the bar said, oh, you, why don't you call yourselves Falvey's Army? And one person got a t-shirt made and it kind of just <laughs> spiraled. Yeah, I mean, and it was a good way of now, I think there was, uh, before he left, it was 40, 50 fans that, that wore those shirts and they maybe got like a discounted ticket and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's little ways like that that can get people out to the games. So, you know, in Ottawa, we're, we're kind of new to soccer here in this city. So we're, we're still trying things out and, you know, we're not that many people yet, but you know, as a player that's played, you know, almost all over North America and you have European experience and, you know, your teammates also have professional experiences from all over the world. What are some things do you think that, that we can improve upon or are there things that you wish that we would do? I mean, I think you guys are doing an unbelievable job of, of marketing yourselves. Um, I, th I think we as a club should, should really focus on that and try and grow that as much as possible. I thought it was funny. 
to hear at the one point at the start of the season that one fan complained about it being too loud. Uh, <laughs> that, that blew my mind a Welcome, bit. welcome to Ottawa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had some, someone say to me, like, this is really distracting. I'm like, okay, maybe soccer isn't for you. I can appreciate somebody that just wants to go and, and sit and enjoy the game in peace and quiet. Well, that's fine, go sit maybe down that side or, or whatever. Yeah. And listen, it's great to see families coming out because you want kids to come and, and, and be involved in the game as, as much as possible. I went to games... When I was a kid, but it was when I went to Celtic Celtic games when I was seven and eight years old. It was a hostile environment, and I loved that, and I grew up with that. And I think it's it's a culture thing, and I think it's slowly grown here. Um, but it'd be great to see the stadium just even more full. And I, I've got nothing bad to say about the the supporters whatsoever. It seems to be growing slowly, and I think one thing we can say about the fans is we have loyal fans. For sure. So one of the problems we're having is that. It's it's fairly easy to motivate people to come up and then like the for the first or second time, but to have like people come back consistently, mm-hmm. that's I think the problem. There's like a big core of supporters that that's always there, but like just how do we get those new people out? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, in, in Europe, soccer is the only sport. It's just football, football, football constantly, even on TV. Yeah, and and maybe Canada's obviously hockey maybe f- football to a certain extent as well in the, the states there's so many sports it's dead difficult but I mean some some places manage to do it I, I don't know maybe it's put a drum on everyone's seat or, or something try and try and find a way to just my ears are already ringing after every game yeah, I, I always mean, try to avoid the drums I feel bad for the supporters section when we have three home games in a week because it's really loud on the Saturday it's loud still <laughs> on the Wednesday yeah. and everyone has no voice by the next uh, game yeah, uh, anyway, Ryan, you have any more uh, burning questions? Uh, no, not really. I, 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 I think the team's on a very good track. I didn't expect us to be this good so quick, like second year and like fighting it out in first place. Um, maybe, what what was your expectations coming here? Because you were the first player, right? You're you're yeah, you're the you're first the, signing. You're mm-hmm. the first ever Fury player. Um, did you see it being like this in year two? I mean, I, I think people blow that first signing kind of out of proportion a little bit. I think he did a few good years in Charleston and it was, all right, here's a, a foreign guy we'll put out first. But realistically, we had 25 signings within a couple of months and I only ever looked at myself as one part of that, not no bigger than anybody else. Or guys, I mean, Richie Ryan came in with a, probably a better resume than, than I did, you know. So, I mean, it was exciting coming in at the beginning. A little bit scared to see who we were going to sign and, when the, I mean, I signed and then I found out we were going to be playing at Carlton University. That was kind of like a little bit of a downer, a little bit. But for me, I, I thought we had a really strong foundation last year. I thought we had five or six players that were locked into positions and other guys had good good moments and bad moments. And I think we've done a good job of keeping the core this year and adding good pieces. For me, I was obviously... For, for me, I think right now we're, we're in a good position. I still think we have another level to go as well because I think there's some games that we essentially haven't played amazing in and maybe won. Right. And I think some of these games, Minnesota, Tampa, keep us keep us like level, you know, because if we had maybe beat Tampa but played pretty poorly, everybody would think, oh, the Fury's phenomenal. Yeah. And then if we lost a couple, they'd go, oh, my God, what's happened? Whereas I think right now we're probably in a fair position. You know, we've won games we maybe shouldn't have. We've you know what I mean we've, we've, we've took points in games that, that we maybe should have lost and I think right now is, is there's 10 games to go it's going to be very very difficult with 7 of them away from home and I, I think we'll do enough to make the playoffs but that's the goal I mean it wasn't our goal to win the table I think that would be unrealistic at this point in time um, but I think with the squad we have if we can keep everybody healthy that, that, that we can we can make the playoffs and then at that point who knows yeah anything can happen Four teams. I, I wouldn't even be scared playing against the Cosmos when it comes to, to the playoffs, you know. I mean, they're not aliens, these guys. They're not. They're beatable. They are beatable. And, and Rao, you'd probably maybe be playing left back by then. <laughs> <laughs> you might have a chance. Yeah, so we should probably uh, take a quick look at uh, this weekend's game. Yeah, so we're going to play against the San Antonio Scorpions away. That's that pitch that has a convenience store. We're in the corner. Super handy. <laughs> it's, a, it's a phenomenal little setup. It's a, honestly, it's the middle of nowhere, but it, it is a great little field, and they've got like a big theme park yeah. out the back. Like it was all built for the owner's daughter, right? Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. this guy's obviously got a few, few cents in the bank. Yeah. 
Yeah, we always joke that, you know, a player should score and then run into the convenience store and get a Slurpee. <laughs> and then be like, <laughs> kill off. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, they're bottom of the fall table, but um, anyone can beat anyone in this league. And uh, they're a scary team when you start looking at them on paper. Like, the, the defense doesn't look too good, but, like, their attack is. And the midfield looks really strong. I think them and Tampa are the two big surprises this year. I think everybody thought Tampa would be up the top of the table. Yeah. And I, I didn't think San Antonio would be quite as good as last year, but I still thought they'd be third, fourth, fifth around there. And, uh, Cummins is obviously doing his part in, in scoring goals, but the big, I wouldn't say disappointment for me, but I think people now know who Rafa Castillo is. And he's, he's definitely getting marked a lot tighter. And if you can kind of take him out of the, the game, he really makes them tick. And obviously last year he scored 10, 11 goals. This year he's goals or something so he's but he is a he's a he's a smashing player yeah and uh adrian can which a lot of canadians are really familiar with uh, was injured most of the year and since coming back he hasn't really been the same adrian can that we're used to seeing and one he's definitely not the same player that played for the national team so and well and he's really old you know he's, you not, don't... he's actually not that old he's like no he's not that old yeah he's really old he's like like, I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, he's not over 30. Well, while John yeah, looks that up... Um, <laughs> Let's hope he's not over 30. Another, another player I think uh, the Fury can do a really good job at exposing is Nana Adekora on the back line. And Julius James, uh, he, he, he doesn't get enough respect, but he oh, has bad... Yeah, he's born in 1980. Wow, that's... I mean, that's surprising yeah. to me, for sure. Yeah, he doesn't look 35, but... I think he's a part-time model, according to his Twitter profile. <laughs> <laughs> so if you if you need some banter for, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, players, uh, Eric Hasley has been non-existent for San Antonio. Uh, last time I saw him, he got a red card for kicking the ball over the stands. <laughs> he's a weird guy. Like he was making a million a year in, in MLS not so long ago and scoring bangers all the time. You yeah. Know? yeah. Well, I don't think goal of the year. I don't think it's really worked out from there. And, you gotta imagine it's an attitude thing. It's sort of. You also got married, and everything changed then. Well, that's. <laughs> and and and. The, and the, he's like, no comment, no comment. <laughs> but no, but the, and he's no longer game shape, right? And like he's he's not, and I doubt we'll see him. So I probably shouldn't really talk about him too much because he hasn't played that many games. I think he's only got one goal this season, which is shocking because. Uh, he ripped it up for the White Cups. He must have been on the same team as Tommy. Yeah. Because they both started on that team. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it, I think this is a huge game for them. I think this game for them is kind of how Tampa was for Tampa last last game. I mean, they lose this, it's all over for them pretty much. Uh, I, I'm expecting another, another kind of similar battle to the one we had against New York. I mean, if it's 0-0 down there, I wouldn't be surprised, to be honest. Yeah, another game that we could get a result though. Like yeah. we gotta, we gotta start getting three points on the road. It doesn't happen too often. I mean, you've got to look. At, I mean, looking at the standings right now, if I was probably playing, I wouldn't be doing it as much as I'm not playing. But I try and look at how many points maybe would we need to to make playoffs. Yeah. You know, and I think if we could get maybe four wins out of the ten, with the other teams that are all beating each other and tons of ties in this league, that maybe four wins would be enough. You know, so you think if you could go and sneak a win down there with a team that's kind of struggling a little bit that puts you that bit that bit closer to, to the playoffs. So it'd be great to get three points. Yeah. Cool. So the magic number is 12 points, according to Nicky Patterson. <laughs> I don't want to be quoted, but <laughs> I mean, that would, that would put us in good shape, I think, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're trying to figure out how many points we need to host the playoffs because we'd love... I don't know well, if the players would love it, but it'd be like the... If we got four wins, that would put us on 46. And right now, Fort Lauderdale, Tampa uh, are on 27. That would mean they would need to take 19 or 20. Yeah, which is the problem. That is like fun. seven wins. So, and then obviously Atlanta and Edmonton have played one more game each. So, uh, I'm going to go on record and see if we get 12 points. We'll be good enough. Cool. Okay. Do you think it's an advantage for for us to, if we uh, for playing here in October? It'd be advantage for the Fury over a team like Tampa or. I think anybody travelling to Canada has a rough time, especially yeah. this season. Especially Carolina. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they always get spanked in Canada. Yeah, so, I mean, even New York, they didn't even seem to... I think travelling in this league is very, 
very tough. I mean, very rarely do people win on the road. And there's no direct flights, right? It's like the Cosmos have to go to Toronto and then talk. <laughs> you have to go to Toronto or like for or Dallas for, for everything. Yeah, or uh, Washington, sorry, usually for, for every flight. And it's, it's not easy. It's definitely not easy. All right. I mean, uh, unless anyone has anything to add about this preview, I think we we're done here. Yeah, I just I just want to see someone celebrate with a, a slurpee. <laughs> with a slurpee. If <laughs> anyone has walk, any connections I'll to have the a team, with a few of the guys, and, uh, <laughs> see what I can do. <laughs> okay. That's probably a yellow card we don't need. But <laughs> well, Nikki Patterson, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciated this, and uh, I think this this podcast is gold. And I'm I'm sure uh, our listeners agree. Brian's like looking at me. We're yeah. gonna cut this part. <laughs> cut that line out for sure. Yeah, but no, it's been a it's been a pleasure. You guys do a, do a great job, and uh, I'm happy to be involved and do something while I'm injured. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And once again, best of luck uh, during your recovery. Yeah, and we're looking forward to the next season. It's done. We're pretty excited to watch you out there. For sure. sure. Thanks. All right, and uh, should we just uh, spam out where, how people can get in touch with us and so on uh, yeah you can get us on our email address which is ours is the fury podcast at gmail.com we're reversing roles here or our twitter account which is at oit fury or on facebook which uh, just look up ours is the fury and if it has anything to do with game of thrones it's not the right thing <laughs> all right see you later guys bye So what do you think of the new guy? Should we keep him on the show? Well, he seems to have a lot more insight than Blogsmith. I know he was like the first Ottawa Fury blogger, but Nikki seems to know the team a lot better. I don't know. I think he, 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 he sounds like he watches most of the games like in detail. Yeah, and he knew like all the players' positions. And like one comment that I really like showed to me that like how much I know he is, he was like that Falvey is, a, I think, a right-footed center back or something like that. See, I don't know if Tim would know that.